0: On today's Compassion Radio.
1: For a Turkish Muslim person to become Christian means a lot. It takes a lot of courage. It could mean that their family is not going to talk to them again. They might experience a lot of opposition at their workplace, friends. So it's a big step to take. Mm -hmm. And seeing how many people are taking that step and how the church is caring for each other, for their neighbors, is very encouraging to me.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Daily Radio Journal of God's People Facing the Inconceivable and Doing the Impossible. We're Compassion Radio, and we take you to the front lines of faith. Last week, we reintroduced you to a young lady who, because of her cross-cultural and missional upbringing, is not afraid to take on big challenges, and all for the sake of the kingdom. As communications director for an up-and-coming think tank and educational organization, she's helping today to equip a new generation of activist Christians to take on big challenges just like her and succeed even when others say it can't be done. Her passion and commitment have been put to the test the past few weeks as her homeland was rocked by its biggest cluster of earthquakes in centuries. Now she's directly involved with coordinating and promoting aid to Turkey and working closely with a larger network of pastors, missionaries, and friends there. Deborah Haida is back today to finish that important discussion. And before we get started, an important note that adds urgency to what you're going to hear today. In the few days since we recorded this interview, Deborah's mother, who was currently in Turkey assisting with relief efforts, suffered a serious stroke. The nation's medical system is in shambles right now, as you might imagine, and that means that Janet Hayda has been unable to receive the quality of care that she requires. Now her husband, Wolfgang, is struggling to manage her care along with the daunting challenges of supporting the churches in their consuming relief work. Deborah requested prayer, and I'm passing that along to you immediately. Please join us in lifting up these dear kingdom servants for the miracles they need in order to continue being miracles for others. Thank you so much. And now to the second part of my conversation with the Heda of the Center for Public Justice, as she gives shape to the prayers and hopes of millions of her Christian family and countrymen in Turkey. Can you describe to me how the Christians in their midst, which is not a huge population right now, but they're there, and they have been since ancient times, what are they doing to minister to their neighbors right now?
1: Yeah, it's been really encouraging to see how The Turkish church united and stepped in to help their neighbors, help people from other cities. And I just want to give an example. Please. There's this organization called First Hope Foundation, and it was founded by Turkish Christians from a church in Izmir. Originally, they founded this nonprofit to help refugees because there's a large refugee population in Turkey but they were also prepared to help when natural disasters like this one came. So they were there rescuing people out of the rubble. Now they're there providing shelter and they're good friends of us. They partnered with Samaritan's Purse to create an emergency field hospital in Antakya, where so many people have been treated, are still being treated. And recently on Turkish national TV, We saw how some Turkish Muslim people were sharing about how they were treated in this hospital and how they were amazed by the kindness that these Christian people showed them, the love that they received from these Christian volunteers. So it's encouraging to hear that it's being noticed that they're out there helping. Churches are opening their buildings for people to sleep. Um, They're providing food. Also, international teams are coming. So it's a great picture of the Turkish church, international churches uniting to just help the people who have been suffering so much.
0: Awesome. The magnitude of the problem, Deborah, what do you see now as far as those survivors that need help? How many hundreds of thousands or millions perhaps are going to be in need like this for the next year?
1: If I'm not wrong, this affected around 13 million individuals Mm. who were living in these places. And again, most of them, you know, they're not injured, but they lost their homes. And it's going to take ages for these cities to be built again. My parents moved to Izmit in 2001, Mm. which is a city close to Istanbul. And that city had a huge earthquake in 1999 where 18,000 people had passed away. So I remember growing up in a city that had been destroyed by an earthquake. And I know that it took around 20 years for that city to be um, back at its feet again. So it's just very saddening to know it's going to take many, many years for these homes to be built again, for these communities to function. And what we're hearing from friends is that a lot of people are moving to other cities for now and living with family members, with distant family, until it's safe to go back.
0: Which is really the definition of what we would say IDP, internally displaced persons, mm-hmm. usually in reference to a war or a conflict, but natural disasters fit the criteria for how people get moved around unnaturally. Yeah. The ability of a country to absorb its own people is sometimes not above the threshold of the media's perception, because it's just mm-hmm. family And they're not going to the government or or registering or showing that they have a problem. But when you talk about millions of people, that becomes a serious drain on economies for generations. Mm -hmm. The cost to the nation will be huge for many years to come. So... Being compassionate to those in Turkey who may not subscribe to your political views, Mm -hmm. they may be very pro-nationalist for their nation in ways that don't seem to be very friendly to America right now, Mm -hmm. does not mean that there are not people in the midst of the entire nation who aren't committed to the same kind of values and even the same God you are. There are millions of them out there. So can you describe to me, Deborah, what makes the church in Turkey unique? What is it about their distinctives that you know that God is alive and well there and that you're not afraid that God's going to keep moving and directing his people to do great work?
1: I know God loves the church in Turkey. I know historically it's a place with so many biblical cities. Mm -hmm. So much of the biblical history has taken place in Turkey. And I think a lot of people are not aware of that because now it's 99% Muslim. The number of Christians is very small But it is increasing. And I just know generally for a Turkish Muslim person to become Christian means a lot. It takes a lot of courage. It could mean that their family is not going to talk to them again. They might experience a lot of opposition at their workplace, friends. So it's a big step to take. Mm -hmm. And seeing how many people are taking that step and how the church is caring for each other, for their neighbors is very encouraging to me.
0: May those stories increase, too. Now, you're a communications professional, Labora, so how would you be advising or encouraging your parents as ministers and the church around them to be making their case to their country for the kind of compassion, the fruit of the Spirit that God has put into them? How do you encourage them to communicate more effectively in situations like this?
1: Something that has been amazing to see is how countries like Greece and Armenia Were the first countries to respond to this tragedy and to send rescue teams. So it's been a great example to see how political animosities and years of conflict just disappeared, and how neighboring countries like Greece and Armenia were the first nations to respond with help, support. They sent. A lot of rescue teams on social media as well. I could see how my Turkish friends were so moved by this.
0: i bet they were in America, especially the West. We don't understand that the relationship between Greece and Turkey and our media is not a friendly one for the past couple hundred years. Yeah. And those other countries, they perceive or have perceived many of the regimes of Turkey to be very aggressor oriented. Yeah. They, they've been trumped on a number of times by the regimes of Turkey. And what you're saying is that those who have every right to maintain a kind of animosity or resentment against an aggressor were the very first to turn right back around and make something happen compassionately. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Because I think as humans, even if we don't know God, when our neighbor, even if we have been hating them for years, is in such a helpless situation and is suffering, we have compassion for them. We have empathy for them. And it's a part of, you know, the common grace, something God has put in our hearts. So I see that in neighboring countries, and I also hope to see that in the lives of so many Christians overseas who maybe don't even know anyone from Turkey or don't have a personal connection. God has put this human connection in us. And if someone else within the family of God is suffering, then we should feel for them. We should pray for them and support them.
0: You began to explain a little bit about how the people in Turkey are responding to this kind of unexpected generosity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What are you hearing about the way Turkey is experiencing this sudden upwelling of compassion to them, especially in people groups where they wouldn't have expected it from?
1: Yeah, on social media, I saw a lot of my Turkish friends posting about how surprised they were. You know, they were expecting more from their own government, their own people, but it was the enemy nations, you know, who were there to help and to rescue them. So it has been very moving for a lot of Turkish people, very surprising. And just a moment of realization of, hey, um, all this rhetoric of, animosity of political conflicts, it goes away whenever there is need and there's someone to help you. And then we're just humans who are neighbors and who want to be ready to help each other.
0: I do wonder how often we hide behind the low-level resentments and it's our baseline and we don't have a reason to go beyond those feelings or those attitudes towards the other across the border from us until we're jarred loose by saying, this is too big. Mm -hmm. If I don't do something, I know in my heart of hearts I have sinned because I did not respond to a need. So obviously it's in front of my face. Mm -hmm. So people do get jogged into paying attention. Mm -hmm. And for at least that season of compassion, they'll do something and they'll know that they've changed their attitude for that time. Which, of course, are the tools, the the building blocks of establishing a longer change, a longer lasting change that can have positive impacts on nations. Mm -hmm. What are you looking towards and hope for in change in the attitudes about Turkish people towards their neighbors and other neighbors around them towards Turkey?
1: Yeah, I hope that through this experience, um, I hope they don't forget the help that their neighbors gave them. And I hope that they're ready to do the same whenever Greece has a similar situation or whenever Armenia needs help. I, I just hope that these memories are not deleted immediately and that it just like changes the hearts of people, the attitudes of people because like you said, I do think a lot of it is just what we hear from others and having a personal connection engagement with someone from that country just changes a lot and breaks a lot of prejudice
0: great so imagine for me Debora the future of Turkey they've gone through an incredible trauma mm-hmm. and you mentioned that there are millions who weren't injured or have no wound from the earthquake, but we both know that the kind of damage that's done to our souls. People have been shaken from their confidence in their own autonomy and their own ability to face challenges. Suddenly they are totally without. They have no jobs. They have no food and no water. And they are completely dependent upon the grace and the compassion of others. That is very jarring to your soul to have lost all of your ability in your mind and to process the shell shock of buildings falling all around you or your loved ones or friends dying around you. This is not something that you, you get over quickly. We'll be back with more from Deborah Haida at the Center for Public Justice after this. If you've learned anything by now about what Compassion Radio is, hopefully you see a ministry that faithfully allows the kingdom around the world to tell their story unvarnished. It's important that we hear the reality of the world and how the battles of this world are always spiritual in nature as well. I hope you'll help us to keep bringing these stories to you each day. We need you, friends. And our family around the world needs us to know together what they're going through. Thanks for loving the kingdom and this ministry with your tangible support. The easiest way is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out through our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And please note our new mailing address, PO Box 77160, Corona, California nine two eight seven seven that's box seven seven one six o corona california nine two eight seven seven give me a story if you can of what you see in the future for Turkey if God does good work in his people and if the right things happen in your country on the way to that what's your hope for turkey mm-hmm
1: I think as a nation, we don't really process things in Turkey. We don't talk about Mm. grief or loss. And I really hope that this time around, people have the right resources, the right support to talk through this, to pray through this. Um, Because like you said, so many people have been affected by it. In the city where I grew up, I witnessed how in the aftermath of the 99 earthquake, there was so much trauma And so much pain. um, And it just was there for years to come. So I hope that this time around, it's a little different and that people have the right support. As you mentioned, economically, the country is not doing well, it was already in a pretty bad shape, and this isn't going to help. There are elections this summer. So I really hope that people who have seen the lack of response and help from the government during this earthquake will make a wise choice whenever they go and vote the next president. And I think that new leadership will also help the country to kind of get out of this. We will need good leadership and just people there to listen to you. We need the church to step up and be a place of comfort, be a place of compassion, be a place for people to process their pain and to see hope.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that the church is perceived by and presents themselves to be a a place of sanctuary, that you're safe with us, that we're not going to be forcibly converting you to our religion, but that we are your neighbors. We will love you through whatever you're going through. I don't think we really can ever have honest change of perspective on who God is or where he's calling me to be if we have to be overcoming all the time our prejudices about what we think everybody else expects of us. Mm -hmm. Now, something about your government, I mean— You said a very personal statement of what your personal hopes are for the future of your country, and I want you to be able to speak personally. In this country, of course, you serve an agency which is nonpartisan, so you're not going to be speaking up to people's voting habits or advocating for a certain vote on things. Although you might say, this issue is being addressed by these people. We hope you will support them as they do. So you have to be very careful in a multicultural and a multi-political environment not to be always taking sides all the time and isolating yourselves from all the people you do want to talk Mm -hmm. with. I have seen, too, the government in Turkey in the past 10 or 15 years especially has been very, very hard on Christians Mm -hmm. and vilifying Christians and making people afraid of them. I don't resent that, but I mourn it because it happens so frequently around the world. But it's not only Christians that get hammered like this. It's whoever's in the minority at Mm -hmm. that time becomes the boogeyman. Now, the Christians have a choice, I think, to decide to be courageous in the face of not just the government's animosity, but in the face of this huge tragedy. Are we going to be brave and pray and act in a way that only God could deliver? And that's what I'm praying, too, is that the church embodies a kind of courage that really comes from the Spirit of God and does not shy away from stepping in, even at the risk of being misunderstood by others, even at the risk of being looked down upon or attacked by others for stepping in but will be faithful in that no matter what their response is like, because they know that Jesus wants them to be the healers, yeah. the caretakers, the comforters mm-hmm. of those who suffer. So that's what I'm praying for. Yeah. How would your organization's knowledge and wisdom and tools be useful in your country of Turkey? If the Center for Public Justice came up with programs or ways of engaging young people and people of faith in Turkey to help them use the same kind of tools in similar ways to build their country, How would that work? Are you already talking about those kind of things?
1: I know that the Center for Public Justice just focuses on local issues within the states. Mm -hmm. But I do think that a similar organization or a program in Turkey would be very beneficial, especially for the younger Christians. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Most of them, you know, have not grown up in a Christian family. They meet Jesus later in life. It's just such an exciting journey for them. But Again, as I mentioned, because there are not too many resources for Christians to understand policy better, understand better how they can be involved. I see a great need for it. And I hope that as we go, there are more opportunities for Christians in the Turkish government. And even without being actively involved in the government, I hope Christians see how they can still support it and advocate for change. So I think there is a great need. I don't see any organization that is currently doing that but hopefully Hmm. in the coming years.
0: Well, I do hope you have a chance to speak into that because you're in a great position, especially being literally in a third country from the ones you're serving and the ones you come from. And you've got German roots as well. You are the world, Deborah. You have not just the experience, but you've got a love for people. And I know in some ways you feel unmoored at different times, like you want to be with this community, you want to be with that community, and you can't be right now. Mm -hmm. I know you would love to live in the States too, and those things are complicated politically even right now. But you are serving in ways that benefit all of these countries. You're living a very missional life, and I'm very proud of you for that. And I know your parents are, too.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I asked a lot of questions that come to my mind, but I haven't asked you, Deborah. What's on your mind and heart? What would you want us to know, either about the situation in America, the situation in Turkey, or you as a child of evangelicals who live in multicultural contexts? What's on your heart that you would love people to hear and understand about either your experience or what's happening in the world at large?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, the people who have been affected by this earthquake, they have been in my heart for the last few weeks. And I know for myself, whenever, you know, a bad disaster happens in a place that's so far away from you or a place where you don't have any connection to, it's easy to just see it in the headlines for a few days and then life moves on. Mm Mm-hmm and i do think as humans we we don't have the capacity to feel the pain of everyone around the world but with whatever resources we have with our prayers i do think that we need to be a little more consistent with the people who we care for just follow up with how they're doing because like i said a lot of these people in turkey now they have years of recovery ahead of them both physically yes
0: they do and
1: spiritually mentally So I am praying that God shows me how I can be helpful to them in whatever way possible. And whoever is listening this, I hope that you maybe learned a little bit more about the situation today, that you continue researching and learning about how Turkish people are doing, how the church in Turkey is doing. And if you ever find a possibility to get engaged, then pray about it and go after it.
0: Well, we can certainly get engaged, at least on the prayer and the giving front, for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, I pray for you, it's the least I can do. And I keep reminding people, it's not the least, it's the best you can do, because that's where the things begin. If we start asking God, help me understand that from your perspective, what do you want me to know about what's going on in Turkey? What do you want me to know about this church there? And we actually ask God those kind of questions. I do think the word of God is pretty clear that if we ask him the things he wants to talk about anyway, he's going to talk about those things. And we'll actually be tuned to listen for the answers that God actually has for us to understand. And then we start acting in ways that are in accordance with the truth that's been revealed to us. It's a spiritual principle that's been around forever, Mm -hmm. and I encourage people that are listening to this program, if you're thinking about Deborah and the Haida family in Germany and their mission and ministry they've had in Turkey over the years and all of their family there, it just comes to your mind. I would just ask you to pray, what do you want me to know right now about their situation and what I need to know about the country they come from that needs you right now? What do I need to know? Because that will set an agenda for your prayer life and your giving and your time which will make a difference, whether you realize it or not yet. Just ask the right questions. God will give the right kind of answers. That's my encouragement to those who listen today. Any last words from you, Deborah? What would you like to tell us from the green lands of Germany, where things are probably coming along towards spring pretty quickly? What should we be paying attention to and praying through at the end of this Lenten season, getting ready for Easter?
1: Yeah, just a last reminder, and I try to remind myself as well, a lot of Syrians were also affected by that. Yes, and it's just, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, it's easy to forget just because... We don't hear enough. We don't have too many resources about what the situation is like over there. But we know that thousands of people have died and a lot of people have been injured. So just an encouragement and reminder to also keep those people in your prayers. Yeah, And a lot of these people have already suffered from so much war and conflicts and have been living in unstable environments for so many years.
0: It's hard to imagine the infrastructure disaster that's happened in Turkey. How it could be any worse than that but mm-hmm. syria has had incredible stresses on the buildings that people were living in were already damaged from the war exactly. and many of their infrastructure projects water electricity mm-hmm. stuff were already very very fragile yeah so i imagine that the actual disaster per capita or per square foot in syria might even be much higher mm-hmm. than just across the border in turkey
1: a lot of syrian refugees were living in antakya and these bordering turkish cities Mm. Um, so we know that a lot of refugees in Turkey also died and were injured. Ugh. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something to keep in mind and pray for.
0: Doubly and triply displaced and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: having no hope. Yeah. It is hard to fathom. Um, and again, I'll harken back to our, our Christian roots. If you can imagine what would have happened at the beginning of the Christian church had the Christian church in Antioch been wiped out by a natural disaster or had not stepped up to step in and minister to others around them. Because we know that the Antioch Church were active in some of the earliest plagues that we know of in history during the Roman Empire. They were the key relief centers and built hospitals and things to their own country to help when those natural disasters and pandemics happened. Mm -hmm. That's part of our history. We need to own this. That these are the kind of people we are. And to not be afraid of stepping in, as you said, you've got friends that are building MASH hospitals in different places and are saving lives bone by bone and cut by cut. They're doing that work. Again, those links to Ways to Give will be on the Compassion rated website in the podcast page for this program. Don't hesitate to jump in and learn how you can give and become part of it right away. Mm-hmm. Deborah Heda, thank you so much, so much for stepping up and telling us a little bit about your own personal experience. And I hope we don't have to wait another six or eight or 10 or 12 months to talk again about these things. I'll be praying for you that you have exactly your heart's desire and that God will put you in the place where you're most fruitful. And hopefully we get to see you on this side of the pond more often.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the work that you do and was glad to be a part of this conversation.
0: You're doing a great job. And please pass along our love to your family.
1: I will. Yeah. Many greetings from them as well.
0: My deepest thanks to Deborah Haida of the Center for Public Justice and a missionary kid from Turkey who knows what they're going through right now. As we mentioned at the beginning of the program, please be praying for her mother, Janet, who is hopefully recovering now from a serious stroke she suffered soon after we recorded this interview. I appreciate your love and support for this family and for all the believers in Turkey who are making extraordinary efforts to reach their countrymen, saving lives and restoring families. Drop us a line through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out through our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And please note our new mailing address, P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. We'll see you tomorrow.